Hello, everybody, and welcome back to You Can't Win. This is Tom here, and I'm joined by Don as usual. And we have returning guest Agile Tablet back once again. And today we'll be talking about our plans for the next year. It's been a very strange year, 2020 has, and uh, we're thinking about what's going to happen in 2021. Is it going to get better and go back to normal? Is it going to get crazier? Um, a lot of things going on to discuss. So we'll be talking about that and then getting into some questions. So uh, yeah, welcome back to the show, Agile Tablet. It's been a long time. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, thanks, Donald. So, yeah, who wants to go first? What, what's 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 the plan for uh, 2021? What's the, <laughs> you know, probably um, got it mapped out in detail and of course. <laughs> charts. And yeah, that's my style. I, I do a lot of planning <laughs> ahead. Um, my predictive sure. powers are very strong. I just got a new job that I've been at for a month and a half now, so... That's really going to be, however that plays out, is going to be governing how my 2021 goes. So they are, th so I, I got the job, obviously, during this pandemic. And mm -hmm. they are, the, <laughs> before the autumn upswing started happening with all the cases in North America, uh, the plan was to get back in the office for at least a couple days a week by February or starting in February, rather. And now no one knows if that's going to happen or not because, you know, they're not going to do it if it's not safe, which is an interesting... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that definition changes on uh, depending on who you are and what your motives are. Like, there sure. isn't, like, an agreed upon yeah. that's safe or that's not. Um, so yeah. I don't know how that's going to play out, but um, that's... Uh, that's certainly going to be interesting. I, I really don't want to, I'm not a big fan of working from home, but I certainly don't want to go back to an office if, if it's not going to be safe. Yeah. If everyone's just breathing the same mm -hmm. cycle there. So, um, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how that's going to go. But you're finding working from home all right for yeah. now? Is it, is it like, do you think it'll yeah, be okay? I mean, yeah. the, the thing that I don't like is probably the thing that employers do like, which is that um, productivity seems to be up. But I think the reason for that is that everyone is like constantly working, like you're always working from the moment you get get up to, uh, you know, if someone feels like contacting you, if they're still working at 10 p.m. and they just feel like messaging you, chances are you're probably still on your computer, <laughs> even if you're not working, working. So yeah. then, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot more of that kind of thing going on where people are just like always connected instead of having a discreet like okay this is my work time and then I go home and of course you know that's that's a that's uh, a permeable boundary already for many people um be, being at the back sure. and call of their their employer and, and co-workers but I think it's exacerbated by the work from home thing but I will say yeah mm -hmm. it's very Deleuzian <laughs> Thank you, Tom. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 you know, the the lack of a commute is pretty nice. Like you just get up and get ready, mm -hmm. and there you are. You don't have to get to work, so that's pretty nice. Um, and the same thing at the end of the day. Like mm -hmm. 
I don't have to worry about giving myself like an hour and a half buffer between ending work and when I'm able to start cooking dinner. You know what I mean? Like I can just like be like, okay, I'm done now and then walk into the kitchen. (laughs) So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus the paycheck is nice too, I'm sure. (laughs) Oh, that little thing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, that's that's definitely um, a load off. I mean, I... I prefer the neat lifestyle. That's just, you know, yeah. that's my very unique taste to, to not be working. I prefer that. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but I like removing that stressor of like, am I going to be able to have an income again and start saving yeah, yeah. again? And really sure. one of the biggest things was um, to get uh, Tom on my insurance. I really mm-hmm. wanted to Woo-hoo. do that. So. That's that's a big <laughs> that's a big thing that I was very excited about having the opportunity to do now that I have uh, a new job. So, yay for well, that's that! That's cool. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they you've got like some benefits and stuff. Yeah, the it. benefits not, are nice. Okay. Yeah, because cool. uh, it's a it's a it, it's kind of I don't know if you guys have talked about this before, but it, in terms of the like the nature of the uh, of the healthcare industry in the U.S. Um, the, the larger your employer is, the better the chances that your insurance will be okay because smaller employer, you know, mm-hmm. like insurance companies don't want to deal with small employers because of the, the you know, the size of the, the risk pool or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is a, a huge company, a uh, big nondescript monolith. So, <laughs> in, in yeah, that yeah. sense, it's nice. I'm, I'm happy about that, <laughs> the benefits. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever had a job with, uh, oh, I guess like, uh, the TA stuff at school, whatever. I got like health insurance and stuff like that, whatever. But like, you still have it in Canada because it's like for stuff like drug plans and, you know, like, I don't know. A lot of things aren't covered. Oh, but, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. But I was, uh, yeah. But otherwise, I don't know. I've never like had any of the cool ones. Dental is never covered, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, you, well, I mean, like in supplemental, it is. Like, if you buy, health insurance whatever yeah but like not like through the government the government does for in certain ways like if you're like on social assistance and stuff so um okay but not like uh yeah like the average worker has to buy that kind of stuff yeah right um yeah i don't know uh do do you get anything like uh any special things like retirement and all that kind of stuff like do you have to pay sure yeah oh yeah that's cool yeah, 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 but they 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 have a really robust um, contribution, so cool. that's really nice that they can yeah. contribute to that. And there's sure. a few other benefits like that too. And I haven't looked into it yet, but they do a lot of um, stuff with like volunteering, and um, you know they're they're like already hooked into a lot of resources, so that you can just kind of choose like if you if you feel like doing some volunteering uh Mm -hmm. you don't have to do a lot of the legwork on your own you can just like be like oh hey what are the dozen you know two dozen things that you guys have available and just like use that so i i'm kind of excited about that yeah that's neat i find all that kind of stuff anything like official like bureaucratic whatever i find cool i don't know (laughs) yeah (laughs) you can can, uh pronounce this better but like kawaii whatever Kauai, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what. Yeah, I don't know. It's like uh, it's like I don't know. I like I I collect a lot of that stuff, like uh, you know, like passport kind of stuff. All that you know, all the little 
things like that. I don't know. I was thinking the other day. I was looking at eBay. I was I was uh, I uh, came up with a cool new hobby where I uh, look at like I sort foreign paper money for like different things by like maximum price, so that I look at like I don't know, like old uh, German marks and stuff, and that I'm like, man, if I were rich, that's what I'd put on my walls and places. I don't know. Like, <laughs> my dad <laughs> likes that kind of stuff too. <laughs> Because we moved around yeah, so much. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, he, he, you know, we moved around so much when I was growing up that he sort of like collected currency from all sorts of different places. Yeah. And, and before, like, uh, before my parents had me and my brother, he moved around even more. Like before he got married, he was stationed in so many different places that he, yeah, mm-hmm. he just has like a huge collection of currency. Some of it is like from countries that don't exist anymore yeah. or governments that yeah. don't exist anymore. Like he has yeah. some Saddam money, which is kind of fun. Oh yeah. 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 Oh wow. Cool. I, I remember him of, having uh, several yeah. different sets of Russian money too. Yeah. He has some stuff that's like Imperial Russian currency. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think I'd also get into collecting like uh ration coupons or something like that for like, <laughs> For like uh, Maoist China and German yeah. Democratic Republic and stuff. I'm just imagining you sitting on a street corner with like your belly sticking out over like a yeah. tank top or whatever. And you're just like thumbing through these things. It's like a crowd yeah, yeah. of people around you like waving their cash in the air trying to get the coupon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. So, um, yeah. So I guess uh, you'll be able to, you know start planning more i don't know down the line whatever so like uh we had said maybe talk about marriage and stuff like that i don't know yeah plans yeah we yeah i couldn't do that for a long time because the state insurance that i was on they if you if you are married they consider your spouse's income as part of yours even if Mm -hmm. even if it's not like like we don't share finances but they consider it that way so I would have gotten kicked off of that if we were married. So okay. I had to, we had to not get actually married for a long time. Yeah. And now that I have this job, we can actually get married. But of course, mm-hmm. now that there's a pandemic and we can't really do anything in terms of like a, a safe gathering. Um, sure. I don't, you know, it's kind of just like, well... I don't know. It just feels like I, I we basically have been married, ex- except for state recognition of it for a long yeah. time now. <laughs> so it's just kind of like a funny like formality for him to be able to get on my insurance. That's that's about yeah. it, <laughs> you <Right>. know. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind I don't of know. weird. A little. So you guys don't think that you'll get like a joint bank account or stuff like that? Like I just thought that was like that was like the first step or whatever. I didn't I didn't know that. <laughs> You're going to keep, you, you like, you prefer to have your finances a bit separate or? I guess so. We haven't really talked about that very much, but I don't yeah. think we had any plans to change that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think that if we were doing something like um, trying to buy a house, then it would yeah. be different because okay. we would need to, we would, like, functionally, we would want to. But sure. um, as it stands, we just kind of split all, like, household stuff anyway. Um, so there really doesn't seem to be much of a drive to consolidate anything yeah. other than like a symbolic gesture, I suppose that has its appeal, I guess. But 
or for like yeah, uh, I mean, yeah long term planning. I don't know. I think I guess yeah, you just have to yeah yeah. Eventually, but, maybe, but um, I don't know if we're in a spot where we can um, do that kind of thing yet. Sure. Uh, but but yeah, like we we do. There's there's some um, debts to finish paying off, and I think after that point, we're probably going to start looking a little bit more jointly at things, and cool. then then maybe we'll go from there. Yeah, come on, Biden, cancel it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tom is very excited about that uh, possibility. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. if they if he does it, that'd be great. But yeah. I'm not holding my breath. But you never know. Yeah. yeah, he's an old man. He gets confused very easily. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the government did it for me here. Right? It it canceled. I had uh, like because of they have like a program for people that like have had certain types of health problems or whatever kind of thing, and uh, I had twenty one thousand dollars in debt through them. Uh, and oh wow! They, they canceled it all. They got rid of it. So. Wow. Um, yeah, that so, had to feel good. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why now I'm not I don't have any debt. That's one of the components of that is that yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So that that uh I don't know. I I I feel like people should be able to <laughs> access things like that if they I don't know. It'd be good if uh, more people could, you know, benefit from, from that cuz it is yeah. it is very like being helpful for me in terms of like, you know, feeling like uh not submerged in yeah yeah i I mean it's crazy seeing some of the like we're very fortunate we don't have like a a ton of that to deal with but um some you know you just hear stories about people who are continuing to pay off their student debt until you know like they'll be 50 and still trying to pay it off and now they owe more than they did when they graduated because of interest yeah. or something like that. It's yeah. just a like being able to break free of that must be I don't know like <laughs> one of the best feelings. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah I I don't know that's been happening with uh, with some some close friends and I just really like there's nothing I can do to help. I yeah. I just it it really is a sad situation. Mm-hmm. But. Um, uh yeah, I, I just reminded me of Sid, um sure. former guest of the show. <laughs> um that's that's another thing that I would like to do in 2021 if travel becomes something that can be done safely. Uh I would love to be able to visit LA and visit Sid because mm-hmm. I miss her a lot and have also never been to California. So that that's that's my next trip to save up for if 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 trips are possible. Yeah, that'd so, be cool. That, yeah. yeah, it would be. Yeah, that, I've never been to California yeah. either. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Nope. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I northern or southern. So, um, I my my hope is to be able to visit and then do a bunch of stuff outdoors because that's so uh, limited in availability in this area, uh, mm-hmm. depending on the season. Sure. So that that's that's what I would love to be able to do. Yeah, I I feel like the border is going to be closed for a while. Um, yeah, still. so I probably be in Canada. But like, uh, I was thinking it was like eight <laughs> eight months ago. I think I was supposed to come see you about yeah. Stuff like that. So, <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, That's true. It was like right at the outset. I think it was like March, wasn't it? 
I, I, I was planning on coming April something, yeah. mid-April or something. Okay. But, uh, um, yeah, and uh, I don't know. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'd really like yeah. to go, uh, you know, just different places in the States and stuff. You know, as I said before, I don't really feel like uh, even if I had the like money on paper, I feel like I prefer to be working more and like having a more stable income uh, before I go anywhere further. It just doesn't feel, I don't know. It seems, seems like that's the best route to take on that kind of stuff. But like, uh, you know, I would like to, you know, do more in, in person uh, episodes or interviews and stuff like that kind of thing. I think it'd be fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Be cool to do some of that. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. Um, I'm hoping that within the next six months to a year, I can go to Montreal. I don't know. That would be my hope. Um, depending on how, I think that like by this time next year, we're supposed to have like a majority of Canadians vaccinated. And I don't know what that means even. I'm not sure until after it happens really a lot. Of, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know yeah. what the actual result of all that is going to be. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Professor Pizzagate, I was talking to him yesterday. <laughs> about some logistical issues with the vaccines and he raised a really good point which is that if the because you know there is no precedent for rolling out a vaccine to the entire world at once yeah and because this is a coronavirus we we know that it's not the same kind of vaccine as for example polio vaccine would have been we know that it's only going to confer if, if it even works like they say it does, which is already a huge if, it's only going to confer a limited time of immunity. So how do you actually get everyone functionally immunized? That's a huge issue uh, yeah. because it's going to be rolling, rolling, you know, maybe every two to four months, maybe every four to six months, Who? but it's not going to be like even a full year. So maybe between two and four times a year, people queue up and, you know, (laughs) try to get vaccinated again. But then it's going to be like, are we doing this for the rest of our lives? Because I don't know. Yeah. You know, like there's all these different problems of like, what if you miss one of these vaccinations, then you could go around and still be infecting people. It's just a mess. I have no idea. So... We kind of do like a belated Halloween thing because a lot of people didn't really get to do proper Halloween and we just stick syringes with the vaccine in it in mm. little things of candy, you know, because that gets so yeah. many people every year. <laughs> like they always have warnings about that. So I figure sure. let's use that to our advantage this time. Yeah. That's people can't plan. resist candy. Sure. Um, That's very true. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I said this the other day, I think, but like uh, I have no way of navigating what the truth is on this kind of stuff um, <laughs> because everyone I know is a contrarian kind of thing. So like <laughs> there's no way I would know what the truth is. Like, there's no possible. I have like, uh, you know, I can either just kind of trust what the news says or someone's going to be like, hey, did you know that like they can't actually get the cooling that cool? So therefore... They're all going to go bad, but they're just going to inject us anyways. Or some of that, someone's going to say that, and I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. I have no way to gauge if that's true or not. So I'm just going to, yeah. you know, if they tell me that, you know, 
if the eggheads tell me to take the shot, I'll do it. Kind of thing. So, <laughs> I don't know. Like a, I don't know. I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand how we're going to have to get uh, Mike on and uh, to, to, to to maybe help us through some of this because I, I uh, yeah, I don't really know how it works in terms of like, can the virus just like like if you are vaccinated, does that mean that like you can't get it and give it to someone else that might not be vaccinated or something. I don't know. Cause I was thinking that like, you can't, you wouldn't have like symptoms, right? You wouldn't be like coughing or whatever on people. I, so I don't I know. Don't, yeah. yeah. I don't imagine that you would. I wonder if there's going to be problems. Like if you get one with Pfizer and then you take another vaccine exactly. from like a different thing, is that oh, going to cause know. problems? And that, like, how, how are they yeah. going to really track all that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because since they are, they're not the same vaccine, they're made in different ways. What do we have any data at all on how they interact? No. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so my Halloween idea is getting... not looking so good now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so promising. Yeah. Well, Man, but yeah, yeah. that's. <laughs> there's a lot of just logistical problems that aren't you know they have nothing to do with oh is this a sterility vaccine is this a you know none yeah. of you don't even have to get into that stuff before you run into like major sure. problems with how this is getting rolled out yeah. so well we, we shall see i just worry about like mutations too or something like i feel that like it, would it, if it's still like if we're somehow vaccinated, but it's still like circulating around, wouldn't it just keep mutating like the flu or something? So that yeah. like you just keep well, getting it. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the big problem because there has never been a coronavirus um, vaccine before. Yeah, like they want they've been trying to make corona vaccines for a really long time because then they could make a bunch of money like they do off of the flu vaccines. Yeah, um, and they just have never been able to make one before. And all of a and sudden, then the they same did it. thing. Exactly, and all of a sudden they did it. Really, um, and then <laughs> this this I didn't know, but um, but Professor Pizzagate told me that they I, and I had heard stuff about this in the news, but he was able to contextualize it for me. They've never made an mRNA vaccine successfully before either. Mm -hmm. So this is supposed to be a coronavirus vaccine and an mRNA vaccine. That's you know. For the people who may not know, that's just like the kind of vaccine it is, the way that it works. How, mm -hmm. uh, um, so yeah, then like Tom said, all of a sudden they've done that now. Now, no, maybe that's true because there really hasn't been a situation of this dire need before, whereas something like the common cold, you know, it wasn't killing as many people as, as this can. Um, so maybe there is an argument to be made that yeah actually all of a sudden it did happen we did do it this time yeah but <laughs> i bet they had you know, problem up know. on a chalkboard in the middle of the pfizer hq or whatever and the janitor saw it and he solved <laughs> yeah, it all yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like by gum we've got it <laughs> yeah, i don't know this is all above my pay grade i can't you know i'm not like <laughs> this is i'm gonna get this, all yeah. the vaccines i'm just gonna sure. take all of them at once yeah Please don't do that. <laughs> I would be very worried about you. Yeah. I like that Donald, you can tell Don's been playing Fallout because he's worried about super mutants and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So your your next trip that you would like to do when when it's safe to is Montreal. Well, I mean, I I feel like the border will be closed, so right. I can. So you got to kind of make it in, in Canada somewhere. Yeah. I think so. I might even. I mean, I might have to go on like a trip to Toronto, which is not that far from me. Which is you know at first <laughs> because it's just like I might not be able to go between provinces yet or something. But like. Uh, oh. Um, have they locked that down at all? So. Uh, it's kind of like a very, very gray area because uh, mm. I don't think legally they're allowed to um, because mm. you have like a right of movement between the different areas sure. in Canada. But like uh, they've been saying like no is non-essential kind of travel anywhere kind of thing. So it's like you're not really uh, supposed to. But with okay. it, but it's kind of a, it's a bit strange because also within provinces they're, you know, the... Canada has a lot of like, you know, obviously like tourism is like part of it. Like, get, you know, people going out to cottages and all that kind of stuff, whatever. Um, so yeah. that has completely collapsed, I guess, in a lot of places. Yeah. And uh, so the government is like in different places. Like I know in Quebec, they were giving, I think it was like 20% rebates through the government for anyone that took any sort of trip within the province. So oh, uh, okay. I don't know, stuff like that. Like, so it, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. So once, once, uh, I think there's going to be like a pent up demand though. I think that like once people are allowed to travel, there's probably going to be a, like a boom of that kind of stuff. I don't know. We'll see. So V shaped recovery, I think they call it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what's going to happen though. Like we'll see. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I just miss, I like going to Montreal once a year or more. So, you know, I miss, like I want to, you know. I, I mean, I miss it anywhere. I, I I was in Toronto today, just briefly, just dropping off some stuff, and uh, you know, I just uh, I pr- it was probably like, you know, three or four months the last time I was in a city or anything kind of thing. So it was kind of oh wow, pretty felt different. I don't know, just uh, it's not like you know, it's the same thing, but like it's a it's uh, I don't know, you just see a lot of people around and stuff, and you're like, okay. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mentioned this elsewhere briefly, but I I um I went and got a couple procedures done at the hospital recently. Mm-hmm. And um I didn't even realize I would feel this way because, you know, I it's not like I live on my own and I do get to see my family every once in a while, but being very close to the technician who was doing the procedures, I was like, I, it was kind of thrilling. I was oh, just yeah, like, yeah. wow, I can't believe I, like, I didn't expect it. This is the it first I've heard I, of this. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it was a woman, Tom. It's okay. Um, but the, it, it was just a strange feeling of like, I haven't been, like that close to a stranger in yeah. many, many months. And I didn't expect that I would care anything either way about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it was kind of like a like a exciting thing for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. <laughs> yeah. I had almost like uh, sort of not the same, but sort of opposite maybe in uh, experience. The other day I was, uh, I went to like this grocery store and uh, they had, uh, limited the capacity of the whole store to 50 people um, because and it's like a big grocery store. So, so I had my little cart, whatever, and uh, I just took my time hey, shopping. Hey, Donald, I'm sorry, Donald. Yep. Could, 
I have to go investigate something in the kitchen. Do you? I'm sorry if we have to edit this out. I, I apologize. Yeah, no problem. Yep. Go. Would you mind starting that? Okay. All right. I'm I'm really sorry. Uh, I'll be right back. Hey, did you hear like some beeping coming from my like my audio? No, because uh, that's what caused her to to go check the kitchen. But I think that was just some trucks or something in the alley. <laughs> okay, okay. Because there's that warehouse there, so she thought like oh. the, the instant pot was saying like you have three seconds to evacuate the premises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But everything's fine. I did. I got so scared because uh, it was already off. Like I had turned it off before we started. And then I heard something beep in the exact sequence that it's supposed to beep when you're like when it's burning. Like if if stuff inside of it is burning, it gives off an alarm. And I was like, but I thought I turned it off. (laughs) So I thought it was going to explode. Okay. Um, I apologize. Yeah. Yeah, It did really sound like the Instant Pot because I just thought it it was trucks or whatever because it sounded to me. My room is like right by the that alley, so I could, you know, hear that pretty well, and it seemed like it was coming from there. But then when she was like, "Oh, I got to check the kitchen," I was like, "Oh, I guess that was the instant pot. It wasn't trucks." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, please begin your tale again. Sure. So, uh, yeah, yeah. No, the other day I was. Uh, they had reduced capacity at like this large grocery store to only fifty people, but it was kind of like, oh, it's kind of like an absurd low number i mean it's not I mean, obviously it was a big problem but like so i had my little cart and it was bopping around and it felt like i was on like an you know, almost like a half empty grocery store you know just like being yeah. able to so anyways it was really quite nice i took my time and just looked around <laughs> and everything and i was quite happy about that and it was like uh you know when in a post-apocalyptic movie or whatever where you're like they're like oh yeah you like go into the thing and they start like raiding you know, they're scavenging yeah. and they find stuff. And I was just like yeah. popping stuff into my cart like, <laughs> leisurely and stuff. I don't know. It felt nice. I, you know, normally I, I uh, get very anxious in those kind of situations, just like, you know, out and about, whatever. And uh, so it's nice to feel like, oh, yeah, well, we need, we, need, we, need, <laughs> we can do this more often kind of thing, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they seem to uh, have given up on the. Um, reduced count of people inside establishments pretty quickly here. Mm-hmm. Like I remember that happening um, sort of near the beginning of the summer. So it was still a few months into the, the lockdown, but that that disappeared very quickly. I think it's just a, a huge pain and like a personnel issue for them to yeah. uh, consistently do that because they have to like hire people to stand by the door and yeah. and be the gatekeeper and 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 wipe off everything and stuff like that. So all of the all of the measures aside from hey just wear a mask and don't get close to other people have just sort of dissipated. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aldi used to have someone at the door, and I guess they don't anymore. Although I think some places are still doing that. Um, I think your oh, dad yeah? was talking about a few places he went to where they still do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so well, we we went to Costco with him, and they weren't doing that. So <laughs> yeah, oh, really? so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. It seems like we are putting together. A list of things that we're going to take care of in 2021 though like the i'm going to be on health insurance so i can get all these like medical things sorted out i can go to the dentist yeah. i can go get a physical and all kinds of stuff like that mm-hmm. the marriage thing we will 
figure out exactly what we're going to do. Hopefully at some point during the year we can actually do a proper celebration, but for now it's just get the contract signed and like make it a, yeah. <laughs> a legal reality. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I would like to like do something actually um, celebratory with that, but I, we'll, we'll I'm do very uncreative, yeah. so I don't know. <laughs> well, I have to say, you're you're not that creative about those kinds of things either. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so we're not we're we're you know putting our noggins together, and it's just kind of like a little empty coconut sound yeah. when it comes to things like this. Well, so we'll we'll yeah. try, but yeah, I don't know. It's I just thought, weird because yeah. you don't want to do something. Like you want to do something that is realistic given the circumstances, but you also don't want to make it too, like it needs to rise to the occasion a little bit as well. So it's like sure. this weird balancing act. Yeah. Well, you had suggested yeah. a steampunk wedding, I thought. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Donald. Yeah. Uh, I moved on to cyberpunk wedding now. Sure. That's going to yeah. be <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, I, I was thinking the other day though, that I actually, I reached a point where I'm like, you know, I used to sort of fret a lot about the future, like what I was going to do and all different things like that. And, uh, I guess like one good thing is that I'm at a point now where I just sort of like wake up and I just, you know, putter away at the kind of things that I find interesting kind of thing. You know, I don't feel like, uh, when I wake up, like just, oh no, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Kind of thing. Like, what's the plan? What's the plan? I'm just mm-hmm. more kind of like, uh, oh, yeah, I'll just uh, learn a bit more about this, do this, do the pod, maybe repl- <laughs> re- reply to some emails about writing stuff or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, just not, it yeah. doesn't feel like, uh, it feels like, eh, okay, this is it. This is pretty much it. <laughs> just keep going. It's a nice feeling. Yeah, it is good. So Yeah. And uh, so that's a, that's a good sort of thing, too. I don't know. I... Uh, yeah, and I was reading, uh, I started reading this book about like uh, panic disorder kind of stuff where it's like, uh, it's called Don't Panic. And um, it's actually really being helpful kind of thing, like just to remind me of a bunch of things. Um, <laughs> like is it things. just Don't Panic on each page? You just it's, per, it's pretty much that. Like, I mean, it, part of it is. <laughs> it's by Douglas uh, yeah, Adams. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of these uh, books are kind of like, they're. it's just strangely filled with like, a lot of them are filled with like, it's it's almost like half new age stuff. Like it's it's people that are like super scientific or whatever. But like all self help books have to have something in it that's kind of like, or like you know <laughs> medical books have to have stuff where it's like the universe is divided into two or something. You know like yeah. <laughs> like yeah. all this stuff about like uh, you know the energies rise and fall or whatever. You know and you're like okay well <laughs> you know and it's just a I don't know it's just like a thing. So you have to kind of wade through that and be like okay well I guess like that's you know, and, uh, but he, he, you know, he was kind of going on about like, uh, how, uh, you kind of have to learn to just trust your body to sort of handle it kind of thing. So that like, if you get into like a position where you start to panic, you kind of have to let go and just let your body do its thing. Um, yeah. which is counterintuitive, but like it, it makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, a lot of it, a lot of it was explaining like certain types of like, um, Anyway, it made me realize that a lot of the stuff that I had been going through uh, was very, very connected, all, again, one type of disorder kind of thing, um, instead of oh, like yeah? being, yeah, like just, just stuff, but like uh, certain things about like not being able to get things done, um, even just like in terms of like 
you know, basic kind of stuff like trying to cook or do laundry and stuff. Apparently, like agoraphobia and stuff around that works very much the same way. Like it's the same thing. It's like, mm. you're tr- it's like it, we, I always had this idea that it was something where you're like out in public and you, you get afraid of that or whatever kind of thing, right? Like you don't want to uh-huh. be. And apparently the the way that, like, I mean, it, the word doesn't matter as much, but it's more like the, the way that it works is that uh, it's like it's a, it's like having a agoraphobia in private, basically, almost kind of thing. Like, it's the uh-huh. same. Hmm. So, anyways, it was very interesting to me, that kind of stuff. It's, like, uh, um, helpful for thinking through, like, you know, how you get stuff done day to day and stuff. So, I don't know. That's that great. It's funny because, uh, you know, there's not like a lot of resources out there really for like, uh, um, like I've, after I finished school, I came back here in like 2018, whatever. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I went to all the different clinics and stuff and they're basically like, okay, well, we don't really have ongoing counseling just available. Like you have to pay, like, uh, you have to pay like, you know, whatever, hundred, two hundred dollars an hour or whatever instead, whatever. Right. And I'm not going to do that so i was like uh well okay well i'll just i i kind of just coasted for a while and then i was like oh i need to like actually work on this stuff more like like yeah tom and i tom and i did an episode about like uh personal responsibility and i was like well yeah i should probably you know if i'm not gonna go to a clinic or something i should probably be working on this kind of stuff myself at least kind of thing so i don't know and i i think that's that's cool i don't know it feels good to um be like oh yeah i'll probably just work at this and it'll improve over time and stuff so that's good so yeah, yeah. that's cool well yeah. done yeah. um yeah i don't know i've been reading a lot i got this uh, kindle thing whatever and um i've been oh. using it a lot yeah so it's been very good for me i don't know um, you kind of gotten used to it there's a little bit yeah. of an adjustment period right yeah and uh, i finally kind of adopted it i've got like a bunch of books just like piled around and i'm gonna work through those and then just get rid of them. Like I'm giving, I already put together a few boxes of books. I'm just going to give to like a local charity or something. Um, and just get rid of almost all of them. And my, my kind of goal would be to get rid of almost all of them. Uh, except for maybe like a small box of like, just, you know, my favorite books, whatever kind of thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, get rid of the rest of them completely before I plan to move in the future. So kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Take them to a used bookstore or something like that. Well, it, the problem is that like uh, uh, some of them are like highlighted and stuff, and like just sure, it's 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 really not like a good market for selling used books. Like they probably only give you like a dollar each or something for some of them. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, so it's kind of like uh, I might as well just give them to like there's like local libraries and stuff that will take them now. So sure, yeah, that makes but, sense. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, but. So that's one of my quests for the year, I guess, kind of over the next year is to try to get rid through a lot of those books and stuff. So, I mean, there's not really much point in me moving anywhere right now uh, because uh, sure, um, it'll be just the same thing, just locked down or whatever, mostly. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but we'll see. Yeah. So. I, I got I <laughs> with this new job, they had me get this or they 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 sent me a book and it was it's like a business communication book so i was like mm-hmm. oh okay cool <laughs> yeah i mean that's fine that's fine and then i open it up and 
just like you were talking about with the self-help books, um, they, they just make like these weird, like, um, like (laughs) ontological claims about like, yeah, like the way people think is in pyramids. I'm like, oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) That's just true now, I guess. Um, yeah. So yeah, as soon as I opened it up and saw that, I was like, "Oh God, do I really have to read this thing?" Um, but like you said, you try to uh, take the good and leave the, the sure. not so good or the not useful. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I don't know when I'm ever going to do my uh, my <laughs> like the the how you were talking about just like kind of chewing through a lot of books and then donating them as you do. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know when I'm ever going to do that because now I have like no free time. And when I did have sure. free time, I didn't do that hardly at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know when that's going to happen, but that's cool that you're, that you're, I think that's like a very noble goal. And it also has like a pretty, like it's not like pie in the sky. Like you can make yeah. very obvious progress on it as the days go by. So that that's yeah. like a good goal. Yeah. Plus, it's it's like podcast food. You can kind of like digest <laughs> the books, and turn them yeah, into episodes. True. Yeah. Yeah. True. The best the best book I ever read for that kind of like new age kind of thing insert where you wouldn't expect it was uh, the book Truth and Comedy uh, by Del Close oh, yeah? and a few other people. Where it's just like uh, improv comedy kind of stuff, and then uh-huh. all of a sudden inserted in it is like you know what it'll be like talking about how like yes and and like the idea that like comedy should be additive and all this kind of stuff like you should be uh-huh. trying to riff off of each other and all that kind of stuff, and then all of a sudden it'll start being like uh, this is this is just like the way that the energy in the universe works kind of thing or something being like. <laughs> Yeah. We are all connected in the collective unconscious and the collective unconscious. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought this was like, uh, it, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's like, I don't know. But they're all Chicago people too, actually. But yeah, so uh, I don't know, maybe, uh, <laughs> I don't know, there's some connection there. I don't know. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Tom, do you have any books that you've been trying to get to? Um. Nothing comes to mind, to be honest. I've kind of just been on a break from reading stuff for a while. I haven't really yeah. gotten through anything this whole quarantine, to be honest. Eesh. That's unusual for you. What about that? Um, what was the, was the, it was something involving Ibn Arabi and it was like the book of the red sulfur or something like that. Oh, I, I don't have a copy of that. I We were watching a video. I know, but and, you, uh, you. What? I thought you were interested in reading it. Yeah, I mean, if I come across it or, or something, but whenever I looked it up on Amazon, it's only being used, uh, it's only being sold used at for like 90 bucks. So oh, I'm not okay. that interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. if I come across it for, sure. uh, you know, for a reasonable price, sure, maybe. Yeah. It's just a biography of Ibn Arabi. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Well, you've been reading uh, graphics card reviews or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been very, uh, I don't know what the word is. I'm, I'm on the front lines of the GPU wars mm-hmm. following all this stuff. It's kind of yeah. fun. It mm-hmm. kind of becomes like a, almost as a, the same thing as like a sports fan kind of a thing. Like there's these two teams mm-hmm. and 
I don't really have a stake in either team, you know, AMD or Nvidia, but it's sort of interesting how they're uh, they're you can just see how they're competing with one another in different ways. It's kind of interesting just to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I recently got my new video card, my new monitor a few weeks ago or a month or two ago, something like that, and then we got new desk chairs coming in. Um, Monday, so when this episode comes out, we'll ha- be sitting in our new chairs, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So, got the whole, Woo! like, yeah, upgrading the whole desk computer situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I will no longer be sitting on uh, an ancient living room chair trying to work on that. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's too comfortable. There's no uh, seat support. There's no lumbar support. <laughs> so, it has been murder for trying to get work done in it because I'm just mostly most of my energy goes into shifting uncomfortably <laughs> mm-hmm. but I'm very excited about those uh, new chairs coming that's yeah, the thrilling I, stuff in our lives I've been lending her uh, my like I have a real <laughs> desk chair but it's like a super cheap it was like literally the cheapest one that I found at a Walmart or something like that. So yeah. it's like kind of too small for me. I think it actually might be intended for like children, basically. Like it's not like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. made out of Legos or anything, but it's, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's not great. And it, it squeaks a lot. So if you ever heard like squeaking and I don't know if you can hear that, but yeah, yeah. You I will no longer one, yeah. he- You heard that? Well, no longer. That's going to be done. So we're upgrading the podcast too. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah, Very good. Maybe I can write this off on taxes that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I got one of those little footstool things, whatever, for like the... Ottoman. No, but it's like a... It's like no? it's just like cheap plastic kind of thing. It's just like a... It's okay. like a little like a... I don't know. It's like a, it's got like a little swing kind of thing. I don't know. It looks just like uh, I don't know. It's just like it's got little dots all over it and stuff. I don't know. It's like a um, and uh, it uh, it's like supposed to be ergonomic, I guess, kind of thing. It's like you're because oh okay because uh, I'm, I'm a short man and, uh, and I'm like <laughs> sitting down on this chair. That's like a pretty. It's like a very very sturdy uh, office chair kind of thing. That's like got metal bars and all this kind of stuff and uh whenever i was uh sitting on it cross-legged uh, it would just like dig into my leg kind of thing and then i would like sit like that Ugh. for like two hours while we're po- like uh podcasting and then like uh yeah I, I, you know and it was my legs would fall asleep so now i've got like the um it, you know got the beautiful little footstool thing that it, uh, <laughs> it, it like fits perfectly and it's just like i don't know it's uh, but it's also very like my back is like fighting against it a bit because it's like uh, not used to being in a correct position. <laughs> so it's like uh, it's like uh, <laughs> it's like uh, I don't know. I'm like fixing myself just by podcasting. So, so yeah. <laughs> realigning. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, I don't know. Is it question time? Should we move on to questions now? Sure. Okay, let's start with this one. Have either of you guys ever looked into Costa Rica's no military social democracy approach to government? How feasible do you think that is for other countries and in the long term? So I'm familiar with this. I haven't like looked into it very much, but I know that Costa Rica is uh, like their 
their big thing economically is tourism. And so I think that a lot of like the no military stuff is sort of working along with that where they are trying to attract, you know, Americans primarily, I imagine, but also people from neighboring countries and stuff like that who have a little bit of money to spend. And so I think you need to be able to present like yourself as like a complete non-threat and to really not have anything that anyone's going to want to attack you for that kind of a thing. And to sort of defer the whole security responsibilities to someone bigger and meaner. So I think for Costa Rica, I'm not sure exactly if that means the United States or what, but I imagine that's kind of the case here where they don't feel like they need a military, that it's probably a drain on their budget. And they're perfectly mm-hmm. happy to just sign on with whatever the U.S. wants as far as military stuff goes or uh, security stuff goes. You know, so if like the U.S. wants to station themselves there or something, I imagine that that's part of it. I really don't know at all, so I'm just speculating here. But yeah, I think that's kind of what. If that makes sense for a country, then yeah, that that's fine, right? Like that's nothing wrong with that, I guess. But like, if you're something like Iran or something, you probably can't go. Like, yeah, we are a peaceful. A country now we don't need a military mm-hmm. um i know almost nothing about costa rica no this is one of my blind spots i don't know much about you know central america and all that general region at all so i don't know um yeah okay well we will just move <laughs> on from there then sure um uh, does Tom think he'd be more comfortable in a majority Muslim country like Somalia, Yemen, Kurdistan, etc., or does he prefer the company of Dimmies? Those are very interesting choices for places <laughs> yeah, to <yeah>. live. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm more or less c- comfortable in a majority Muslim country because you're also weighing like a culture that I'm more familiar with, but I mean, I've lived in lots of places with different cultures and that's never really been a big issue for me or anything like that. So I'm not, I wouldn't, I would say that I'm not more or less comfortable whether it's a, you know, the U S or whether it's a majority Muslim country. I, I'm happy either way. I really, there's, there's pluses and minuses, but it's not something that I, uh, I'm not like pining to go to a Muslim country and I'm also not like, you know, desperately want to stay here or anything like that. Like I'm, I'm pretty easy. Yeah. yeah. I think th- there, there seem to be certain elements of uh, Muslim majority places that seem appealing, but you know, I, unlike you, I have never lived in another country. So it's kind of hard for me to like, whatever I think is necessarily just going to be, an inaccurate inaccurate and or idealized version so i i hesitate to commit to anything you know <laughs> like like one yeah. thing that like i think would be nice would to not be sur- surrounded by hypersexualization all the time yeah uh that that sounds really nice um to never worry about drunk drivers that sounds nice like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff but you know obviously it's not like a cure all <laughs> and and every place that uh has those things going for it has other things that are 
detracting from it. So um, I, I'm not trying to speak for Tom here, but just for myself, that seems like it would be a pretty mixed bag, no matter which direction you take that in. But um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing is, it's not like it's so radically different. Like people are fairly similar everywhere you go. Like in a majority Muslim country, it's not like everyone there is like a practicing, you know, like yeah. just people, you know what I mean? Like, so like if you go to some place, like what you mentioned, like Somalia and Kurdistan and these kind of places, <laughs> I don't know if they're just like dutifully going to the mosque and praying all the time. You know what I mean? They got a lot yeah. of things going on <laughs> in those places and that's not necessarily yeah. something I'm very interested in getting close to. So I don't know. It, it just depends. Like if you pointed me in the direction of a relatively safe kind of you know higher standard of living kind of country that happens to be muslim then that's definitely like a an appeal like that's a plus for me but it's not something that is like such a big deal because it's you know that doesn't really change 90 percent of the situation you know it's a lot more about like yeah the local culture and, and things like that true yeah, I was thinking that it'd be like someone asking, like, Don, would you feel more comfortable in a majority Catholic country like Colombia or the Philippines or something like that kind of thing? <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's like, well, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's 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 see here. Um, all right. When is the Doncast launching? Should get going before the 2021 Canadian federal election. I haven't heard of this, Don. Are you planning a Don <laughs> No, I'm not sure what they, they mean exactly. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to uh, wall-to-wall coverage of the 2021 Canadian federal election and 2022 Ontario provincial election. I don't know. Just We'll, we'll have like a 20-minute segment each day. Yeah, Whoa. sounds <laughs> riveting. <laughs> and then, like after a year, Tom will be like, "So Andrea Horvath uh, today, you know, just getting really into it." <laughs> Canadian no, names are just so funny. I, I don't even know yeah. why Andrea Horvath just—they all sound like uh, they just sound like the fake names that Japanese video games come up with for uh, like yeah. Americans, like American characters. Yeah, I don't know. Do American names sound funny to you, Don? Um, no, I don't know. They, they, they sound the same to me. I don't know. The, the only difference is that like, I noticed that like Canadian ones tend to be, there's like a lot of like Scottish or like French Canadian names kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you know, true. like you'll be like Douglas Mackenzie or you'll yeah. be like, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, like, uh, Mark Bebo or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's just some kind of funny little flourish with a Canadian yeah. name. I don't know. Yeah. um all right we've talked about this before and uh we may actually we were requested to do an episode on him so we may do that in the future but just real quickly what do you guys think of michael parenti do you want to start this one off don yeah i think i i did mention before that uh i think he's funny because uh he he sounds exactly like uh lenny bruce Um, (laughs) he's got He's got like the same because he's. I mean, they're probably from the same neighborhood or whatever kind of thing, right? So it's like they just have that exact same New York cadence. Yeah, and uh, the same way. Yeah, the same way that they tell jokes and everything. Yeah, 
I used to, I mean, I just, you know, I don't know. I, I have odd habits sometimes, but like I used to listen to Lenny Bruce's, like he has like this one late in life um, set where he's just like, you know, in the, in the movie with uh, Dustin Hoffman, it's like a big thing where it's like, uh, he's got like, uh, you know, the sheafs of paper that he just kind of like shaking around while telling stories about like the way that society was created and all this kind of stuff. And like how he like going into his court cases and all that kind of stuff. Right. And, uh, that it, it's funny. Cause like, and then I would listen to Parenti like right after that, he has like one, uh, uh, mp3s that were like reflections on the overthrow of communism and stuff like that so um yeah i don't know Prenti was like ahead of his time for a lot of the stuff like on uh sophistry kind of arguments about communism and stuff which i found like really really funny and compelling before but i don't know it's it's just uh he's become a meme again somehow and uh i i don't i don't uh it, I don't know. People invest too much in that. I think I don't know. Yeah. So he, uh, <laughs> he he's kind of like he's, he kind of comes up with like funny kind of ideas, but like they're just like they're things that like no Marxist like would probably take seriously, uh, like outside of that kind of thing. Like he he had like a whole thing about like how he thought that like Julius Caesar, I think was like sort of like proto-Marxist in some ways or something like that kind of stuff, you know, like that ancient Rome yeah. had this kind of like same logic to it of like the people against the elites and all this kind of stuff. But like it was such like a crude version of that that I'm like, yeah, but it's just like, a, I don't know, it, just, it seems a bit silly, I don't know. But yeah, it's become like a big thing now where like people, you know, quote his books about stuff, I don't know. Yeah. I said I said this before, but it's like my big thing on it was always that like, he has this big thing called uh, it's something like the coolest cut or something like the about anti-communism and it's about how like uh, Noam Chomsky hates communism kind of stuff. It's all like stuff about that and uh, and towards the end as just like in like a totally you know it's going on and on about how it's it's bad to criticize communism or whatever in in all sorts of ways and then at the very end he has like a paragraph where it's just like. That's not to say that everything that Stalin did was good. And then he just lists like 10 different huge crimes of Stalin. Like he just like lists like, he's like, he's just like, he's like, it's not true that he had to kill all of the old Bolsheviks and all this kind of stuff, you know, just going on about like all the different things that he could have done wrong. And, uh, and then he's like, you know, so it's not like we're, we're completely, you know, it's not like you can't criticize communists. You just have to do it in the right way or whatever kind of thing. So he just kind of, I think that's kind of a really cheap kind of way of arguing. And uh, it's funny because what I would do then is uh, cut that, cut and paste that paragraph and just post it places. <laughs> and and people, people like freak out because it's like all negative stuff about Stalin and whatever, right? But it's like Michael Parenti saying it. So he's like the, he's like the person that is supposed to be able to say whatever. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just very, I don't know. I used to do that with uh, um, Sam Marcy as well, the who was like the master thinker for like the PSL and uh, WWP and stuff in the States. And like he had like just tons and tons of stuff about how Stalin was like the worst thing ever and stuff. And I don't know. So that was easy to quote too. But then people got mad at me. So I stopped. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I will just second what. <laughs> okay okay 
<laughs> All right. I think this one might be good to have with tabs on, on the Uh-oh. line here. So Levi Strauss in an ethnography of a native group from BC said that myth is a means for resolving philosophical and social dilemmas at the heart of society. This reads similar to allegorical interpretations of religious texts. Any thoughts on the literalness of religious texts using myth as an allegory or the allegorical interpretation of text in this vein as a more profound way of teaching slash understanding than intellectual means, such as theory, commandments, academia, etc.? So I guess what they're asking is, do we do we find any value in str- like the Straussian sort of look at mythology? And I'm, does this have anything to do with like Joseph Campbell and Carl Jung and all uh, that? Um, I, not I don't think directly. I think it's more just it's it's more like anthropological. Yeah, he's right. Uh, Levi Strauss was uh, more like structuralism type stuff. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I'm not, I, I actually don't know what he said about mythology. That's not the context that I, that I am familiar with his work in. Um, but uh, is the question just basically asking, is allegory a useful lens for looking at religious content? I, I suppose so. I, I feel like what they're, asking wanting to ask us about is like how what's our take on reading these background mythologies like these sort of like universalized mythologies into religion and religious stories and and things like that kind of reading religious texts as myths and um i don't find it useful personally as like in terms of my just like my personal spirituality i don't find it very useful to like look at like the quran or the story of the prophet or something like that and think about it in terms of like how does this story structure like the you know the muslim narrative or around the world or something like that that's not i don't know that's kind of it's like a separate thing to me than Mm -hmm. trying to take these uh like a personal level like especially something like the Quran, it's really speaking directly to you. And if you, if you kind of put these filters in between yourself and the text, you are not going to connect to it very well. I think this is something that people run into a lot. They kind of, they like have some interest in Islam and maybe they're even somewhat open to it or whatever. But when they start reading the Quran, they, they kind of have this extreme distance where it's like, oh, this is from this ancient culture it's a different culture they're talking about these things that i'm i'm not really familiar with and uh oh well when it says you it's talking to like the these arabs or something like that like there's people for whatever reason are reticent to like just open up to the text and i think when you look at it in this way you are doing that uh you're, you're i mean you are putting distance between you and the text and it's not like it's wrong to do this if that's the purpose of what you're trying to do but if you're just approaching it from like your personal religious you know angle i think this is the wrong way to go about it I, mm-hmm. yeah there's i feel like that approach is specifically meant to put distance between you and the subject matter um yeah. so right. like i i I just know that, like like you said, there's nothing wrong with it. And I don't think that there is anything. 
I don't know how fruitful it is to not take something at its own word. That's if you want、mm-hmm. to understand it. I think that's the bigger thing. Where I, I never really like, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with like, for example, reading the Bible as literature. That's okay to do. But if you want to understand、um, what it is to be a Christian, then maybe you should、um, try to read it as a Christian would, as opposed to.、Um, You know, trying to、yeah. figure out,、uh, like, well, with my intellectual distance, how do I read this? Well, that's not the question you're trying to answer, presumably, in this case, right? So, like, I don't know. It, it's definitely, I think it's a good thing to be aware of the cultural and historical context of where these things come from. But I don't think they even come close to telling a full story of what it is. I think you really have to be inside it to come to that type or that level of understanding. Because I, I、mm-hmm. and I don't think either of those vantages really has an endpoint. Like they, they, you can kind of keep going in them, <laughs> no matter what.、Um, so it's not really about a goal per se, but.、Um, But if you, yeah, I guess just to repeat myself, if you want to understand it, you kind of have to be inside of it, I think, or at least give it give it a go, you know. Yeah. Um, for for I think for the the Christian stuff,、uh, or and before that, like、uh, or like related to that, like the Jewish sort of uh, uh, Bible, like reading those kind of things.、Uh, I've like I've done a, like I've read a lot of like different, you know, like taken like listened to lectures about it and that kind of thing. And very common for it to kind of do like a textual analysis in a way that is like, oh well, this other culture nearby also had this, you know, like maybe five of them or whatever, like a bunch of them had this idea of like the miraculous birth and like the father figure and then the you know the person that's a god or something and you know that kind of stuff. Like they they kind of do all of that and then very very quickly starts to skew off into all different like a lot of different like documentaries. And stuff like that are always like, you know, there was no such person as a historical Jesus, or like there's no、uh, all this kind of stuff. Like it, it gets very, very strange kind of quickly. And、uh, again, and though like it becomes so much about the allegory a lot of the time that、uh, it、mm. ends up stripping the story of anything interesting, kind of thing. It's almost like, oh, you just、uh, you have this and this. And there's a this, formula、uh, or something.、Trope. Yeah, it's almost like the TV tropes guys kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> start to like, oh, it has this, 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 and you're like, yeah, but I don't know.、Um, I do think that like it's true that you know that kind of way of myth making or whatever. Like you, I think it's a,、uh, I think it's useful to look at like the wisdom of that kind of thing. But I find that a lot of the times, it ends up not being really about the wisdom as much as kind of like people end up talking in terms of like values or. Or like、uh, expectations of that culture, or something kind of thing. Like they'll talk a lot about like、uh, maybe like the opinions on marriage in ancient cultures, or in different things, or like the opinions on polytheism and in relationship to monotheism, that kind of stuff. But it's not really ends up being about like、uh, how people should live their lives or whatever kind of thing, or like you know actual like if the myth has a function what is the it's it, you kind of want to talk about the function more or something i think sometimes than just this、uh, 
you know, ironing it out into mm. this, you know, analysis of literary forms or something. I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I agree with what you said. I just don't, I don't know enough about Levi Strauss specifically about what this question is asking that I can't speak more specifically about that. Sure. Yeah, I feel bad because I, I feel like I should remember a little bit more, but I feel like I, I mostly remember him in the context of like linguistic stuff and um, like uh, semiotics, maybe even. Maybe I'm just crossing him with someone else, but I, I just don't know about this this myth function that the person is referring to. So I don't know how ably I can answer the question. All right. Well, that I think we did a decent job there. Let's move on. Do another one. Um, Okay, should I call Shia Muslims Rafida? Uh, You should not do that if to their face. Uh, Definitely not. Um, They will take that as a insult. That's like a pejorative term. Um, I don't think you should really. Yeah, and even in private, I don't think you should be doing that. I mean, I my general rule is anything you wouldn't say to someone's face, you just don't say it ever. Uh, but yeah, that's just, that's not a nice term. There are, what does it mean? That term is, it means, um, I think it means rejectors or something like that. And I think it's supposed to imply, or it's supposed to connote like extremist Shiites who, who like say, like they basically make takfir on all of the Sahaba and there's some, some kind of people on the fringe there that have some really bizarre claims about uh about like just i i don't go into the details but they go to the extent of like bringing down the prophet because of his interactions and stuff with sahaba oh, that weird. they deem as like these really evil people so to me that's like taking the whole shia thing beyond to the point where it's like you are emphasizing hating these pe- these certain people rather than like revering the prophet and and all that. So that's that's very weird to me. Um, but that's like a very my. I mean, that's like the ISIS version, mm. you know, like the, the Shia version mm. of ISIS. So like that's definitely not the the norm. So um, yeah, I, I just wouldn't wouldn't go around using that term. It's it's funny. Like if you're going to use it as a joke or something to, you know. You're, you're pretending to be like a tech fury guy or whatever. That's, I don't think it's that big a deal, but um, it's not something you should just be using in typical like conversation. Like if you say that and someone gets mad at you, don't be mm. surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Here's another one. Uh, what does Tom think about Ilhan Omar marrying a husband, forcing him to convert and then divorcing him and starting over with a new husband until half of the male population of Minnesota <laughs> is Muslim? <laughs> worth a shot you know (laughs) nothing nothing haram about that that i can see so the forcing to convert part is the is the one thing you you would you would uh it couldn't be forced but besides that sounds good to me all right how about this one guys what's an animal that you think should go completely extinct (gasps) <laughs> I knew you would hate that. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You mean aside from Homo sapiens sapiens? Um, <laughs> I know that's the easy one. Uh, 
man, I truly don't know. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Do you guys have any ideas there? I feel like it's a spider web where if you pluck one area, it's going to wiggle the whole rest of the thing around in unpredictable ways. Yeah, that's that's basically how I feel about that. It's not my business to go around picking and choosing. But if I had to choose, I would say the Chinese. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll say uh, cockroaches. Yeah, no, but if they if bad, they weren't right? around, just get rid of them. Garbage would overflow. Like the, we would just have like rotting refuse all around us. They're they are the ones that help to uh, turn that into something else. I don't know. Even what, roach going, poop yeah. is roach poop a good thing? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And, and and like even mosquitoes. If we got rid of mosquitoes. Who knows what sort of crazy, you know, I don't know. Obviously, if I if I lived in a place where um, mosquito-borne illnesses were a, a bigger problem, I probably would feel a little bit different about it. But even something like that, it's scary because it could just have all these crazy unforeseen consequences. Like we've co-evolved with them. You know, the thing about uh, sickle cell and um, malaria and stuff like that. Like people like that, you know, they've put evolutionary pressure on humans too. So it's not even like it would just affect other parts of the of the ecosystems that they're part of. They would affect us too. So it's it's very hard to pick an animal okay what about what if i could just extirpate an animal from a given area that's not their native range i would do that very handily like zebra mussels from okay, north america yeah, well, i'll allow it <laughs> thank you tom okay well then let's keep the uh, giant asian hornet out of the uh, pacific northwest how about that okay so, that, that, that good. one's that one's a new, they've just got here, so uh, let's just not let them establish a foothold and and uh, send them back. You know, you, you got to go home. Sure. Yeah. So basically the same as Tom, you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no. I, I feel like, you know, cockroaches, cockroaches, mosquitoes and stuff, it's like, you know, things aren't going great now, so we might as well just try something like that and see what happens. I don't know. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe like force evolution in a good way or something. I don't know. You know like, uh, yeah, like, maybe having all that garbage around will put evolutionary pressure on us to grow gills to or something. It. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> stronger stomachs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds good, guys. <laughs> How old do you think your youngest listener is? How old is your oldest listener? That's an interesting mm. question. I haven't thought about that. That is interesting. I'm not sure. Hmm. I bet we have some teenage listeners. Yeah. I know. I, I think we have at least college student ones. I know we have a fair number. For sure. Um, Definitely. But yeah, there's uh, yeah. there's some younger people in the Discord, and those are people who have access to like a credit card or something. So like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna uh, guess like fifteen, sixteen. And you probably have yeah. listeners in their fifties. I would guess that that doesn't seem outside of the realm of possibilities. 
Yeah. Well, how um, old is Donald Trump? He's like 70. 73? <laughs> Three? I think. He he is 74. Okay. And I I I do it all for him, so I feel sure. I hope that that's our oldest listener. <laughs> well, I think that the Pope listens too. Both of them. So. Is he older? Yeah, oh, yeah. I think they're so. like I think one of them is like 93 or something. The other one was like 84 or something. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, Pope Francis is 83. He's yeah. looking good for 83. All that. Yeah. Papal glory does wonders for the skin. <laughs> yeah, I was reading this interview with him for like uh, it just came out this year that like you know talks about the coronavirus and stuff like that. And a lot of it is like old man thoughts kind of thing. But like, uh, <laughs> um, it you know some of it some of it's pretty good. But like you know parts of it are just like. You know, him just thinking of stuff and riffing. I don't know. So it's fine. But yeah, he listens to us, I'm sure. So yeah. Um. All right. Let, let's finish up here. How can I play as a Muslim character in Cyberpunk 2077? Um, very carefully, uh, the way that you play everything in that game. It's very, mm. very buggy. Um, they they do have NPCs like just wandering around the city who are hijabis, so that's kind oh, of yeah. interesting. That's cool. And you can always refuse alcohol whenever it's kind of a situation <laughs> where people are drinking or offer you a drink. You can always refuse it, so that's one way to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But you still have to like kill people and stuff, right? Yeah, but they're all they're all kufar. Oh, Their blood is all halal. Okay. You know, it's all good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to honor your contracts. You know? <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do a Juegos episode sometime later in the month. I think we'll see. But yeah, yeah, I think we're planning on doing one with um, Gerald and and uh, Ah. Oh, cool! Back yeah. on because mm-hmm. they are they are also on doing the cyberpunk thing right now. Sure. And everyone's uh, got strong opinions about that game, so it'll be <laughs> it'll be interesting to see. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks right. for coming on. Oh. Tabs. You know, it was uh, fun to thank you for having catch me. Up and yeah, stuff. you've actually put me in the frame of mind more forward thinking. I was not like sitting there trying to be like, "What am <laughs> I going to do with my 2021?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I'm in that. Now I'm in the zone. Sure. So thank you. Cool. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for listening, guys. If you'd like a second episode every week, you can uh, subscribe to our Patreon and you will get that as well as access to our Discord where you can talk to us and our community. And if you want to send us a question, you can do that by going to the podcast Twitter account and finding the pinned tweet, which will send you to Curious Cat. And you can do that there. It'll be anonymous. And uh, thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, guys.